Hey everyone, welcome back. It's another episode of Vikings Final Prep. I'm your host, Wabi, from the Vikings Entertainment Network inside the TCO Studios in Egan after another busy Vikings week as they get set to travel to New Jersey for a battle against the New York Giants. A New York Giants squad, folks, that has won two straight with their brand new quarterback, rookie Daniel Jones. Off to a good start. He's looked good in both of those Giants victories, one on the road at Tampa Bay, one at home to the Washington Redskins last week, and now the competition ratchets up a little bit for Daniel Jones, Pat Shermer, and the New York Giants as Mike Zimmer and the Minnesota Vikings come to town. Going to be an awesome game on Sunday. Kickoff is scheduled for noon central time, and you can catch the game right here on FM 100.3 The Fan and all across the Minnesota Vikings radio network. Much to come in this episode of Vikings Final Prep, but we're going to kick it off like we always do with the head ball coach, Mike Zimmer. Okay, we're excited to get to, get to New York and <clears throat> play a very talented uh, football team, uh, young and fast defensively, offensively. Uh, they're sixth in, in the league in total offense, so very explosive, so we're going to have to do a good job, and we're looking forward to the challenge. How does not having Alexander affect uh, your, the game? Mm, doesn't. Hughes, I mean, how, how has he come along since he's, he's come back? Good. He's, he's good. He'll be ready to go. You think it took him a couple games to get back to speed? or, Hughes, or you... uh, He missed a couple tackles the first game, but other than that, he's been fine. Damages they knew out of the slot. How does their offense change now that they get Golden Tate back in addition to having Sterling Shepard back there? Yeah, well, we'll just have to figure out where, where they're going to play uh, uh, Tate. Uh, you know, Shepard's a very explosive guy. Uh, you know, they get a lot of production from him and Ingram. And uh, so we'll have to do a good job in all of them. Mike, uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, after the Oakland game, you said you were very confident Kirk was going to bounce back that, that day because of what you'd seen that week. Do you have Similar feelings this week based on what you've seen? Yes, I feel good about it. How, how much is the the passing game, you know, not putting up the numbers, is it based on you guys concentrating on the on the run or is that a misnomer? Is it just that? I think it's a misnomer. I mean, <laughs> you know, two games we didn't throw the ball and then the other two games we threw it some and, uh, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, we're going to try and have balance, but, uh, you know, passing game. There's there's a lot more to it than just throwing and catching. There's, you know, gotta have firm. We gotta have a firm pocket. We gotta have protection in the right place. Can't miss um, our blocks. And then we gotta throw it and catch it. And you know, get in the right place. Be at the right depths. And all kinds of things. I don't know. We'll see. Like the regular Stefan Diggs in practice. I have to watch tape. Okay, so it'll be a game-time decision on some of these Vikings players and Giants players on the injury report, and that will include Vikings receiver Stefan Diggs. A couple of other injury notes uh, for the week. For the Minnesota Vikings, Mackenzie Alexander, nickel corner, will not play, and nor will linebacker Kentrell Brothers. That one is a significant name because Kentrell is a core member of Vikings special teams groups, both coverage and return. So someone will have to step up into Kentrell's place, and Mike Hughes likely to see more playing time with Mackenzie Alexander listed as out. For the New York Giants, listed as out, of course, running back 
Saquon Barkley, who has an ankle injury and is expected to miss some time, including this game against the Minnesota Vikings. You never like to see a player miss time because of injury, even when they're on the opposition. But there is no doubt that not having Saquon Barkley is going to deal a pretty significant blow to the Giants' offense. Now, the good news for the Giants is they have a running back named Wayne Gallman, who is a more than suitable replacement and found the end zone last week. And the Giants also have some other weapons on offense. They have a really good receiver named Sterling Shepard. They have an awesome tight end named Evan Ingram, and they're getting Golden Tate back, who is one of the better slot receivers in the NFL and very, very good after the catch. Vikings fans, of course, are familiar with Golden Tate from his time, not just with the Seattle Seahawks, but perhaps most notably from his time with the Detroit Lions. Now, earlier in the week on the Minnesota Vikings podcast, we wanted to get some information on the New York Giants. So we enlisted the help of Giants staff writer Dan Solomon, who is an Apple Valley native. He's a Vikings fan, but he's got to put that passion aside for this week and instead focus on the New York Giants. Here's our conversation with Dan Solomon. You guys obviously make a switch from from Eli to rookie Daniel Jones, taking sixth overall. So we all know that. But tell us what we don't know about Daniel Jones. Let's say someone's listening, they didn't watch those first two games, or they didn't watch any of the Duke Blue Devils. What's Daniel Jones like? He is the Eli Manning clown. He is exactly everything you would want. He comes out of a quarterback uh, mold, mm-hmm. I guess. If you're building a quarterback, it's him. Um, I guess what people wouldn't know, he's a tremendous athlete. He was a great basketball player in high school, and that athleticism shows. Um, college, he had 17 rushing touchdowns at Duke, even including like a 70-yarder, I think, last season. Um, so he brings that, that speed, and, his, and he couples that with his mind. He's a um, quick learner. He's also a fast thinker, is what Shermer um, likes to call him. And Shermer's post game press press conference um, after his second win in a row mm-hmm. um, called him. Yeah, said he was even smarter than he is. So, yeah, yeah, things are <laughs> things are yeah trending in the right direction. Um, so we'll see if he can make it a uh, three in a row. Okay, now our radio analyst is Pete Bursich, as you know, Dan, and he does a film breakdown every single week. So I was just in the room with with the editor building that thing. And there's, there's a lot of good stuff to watch for from Daniel Jones, but I'm going to pick on one thing that I saw. How about the hit that he took at Tampa Bay when he was scrambling around outside the pocket? You know which play I'm talking about? Yep, yeah, yeah. What, what was said about that? Did Shermer or Daniel Jones say anything about that? Uh, not that one particularly. He okay. took a big hit in the preseason, too. Yeah. Um, and they kind of joked about it. Uh, Daniel walked back to the huddle, and he's like, I think I'm going to take bigger <laughs> hits than that in the season. And I guess that was right with Tampa Bay. Yeah. But um, that's another thing that they loved um, about um, Daniel Jones coming out with his toughness um, to get back up, much like Eli Manning never got back up after every hit he ever took. Yeah, yeah, that guy's a big, tough guy. He's got a good frame, uh, big, strong yeah. arm, can make all the yeah. throws. So there, it's yeah. been fun to watch him on tape uh, for, for these last two games that he played against Tampa Bay and the Redskins. Um, no Saquon Barkley, so what's that mean for you guys? Yeah, that means uh, Wayne Gallman time. Um, he came in uh, last week. He made his, I believe it was his third or fourth career start, but obviously the first since um, um, since we drafted uh, Saquon Barkley. And, yeah, life behind Saquon Barkley can be a little challenging, but to his credit, he was ready. Saquon, before the game, as Gallman was getting taped up, said, you're going to go off in this game. Mm-hmm. And then Gallman was like, oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, he's like, now I have to to show up, and he did. He you know, got um, went over 100 yards from scrimmage, 
two touchdowns, one receiving, one rushing, much like Saquon always does. So yep. it would be um, another Shermer saying he likes to say it takes a village. Um, yep. Particularly with uh, we had to do that. Uh, Giants had to do that with their wide receivers this year with all the situation there, but also obviously with the running backs now too. Right, and but you, but speaking of your receivers, you got Sterling Shepard. He looks good. He he was injured mm-hmm. uh, you know earlier in the or I guess in, in the late part of the preseason, but he looks good. And yeah, now he's Golden... dealing with a thumb injury. Okay, yeah, thumb injury. He's back and looks good. And Golden Tate's back for this game, right? Yep. Yeah, they just uh, he spoke for the first time yesterday um, the locker may return he's on the exempt list they have a week to kind of figure out uh, what to do with the, the roster spot mm-hmm. but yeah so you get back a guy you know he's the nfl yards after catch leader since he was drafted in 2010 so wow um he said in the locker room yesterday you know whatever you know the giants are doing right now it's working so he doesn't really want to mess with that he just wants to add to it be a spark um and we'll see where it goes from there mm-hmm. Now, Dan, what about the uh, what about the Giants' defense? Obviously, all those years you have big names like Michael Strahan and Justin yeah. Tuck, and guys you always remember wearing the blue and red. Um, mm-hmm. It's a different defense now. There's you don't have all those big names that you had in the past. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's definitely a work in progress. But hey, the, their past six quarters they have allowed six points, and the first ten quarters of the season they allowed I think ninety one or something like that. So. Since that second half of the Tampa game, they've kind of they've settled things down. They've kind of figured out how to use several preppers. They're kind of using three safeties. Um, they got the turnovers last week of four interceptions. Um, uh, two from Jonas Jenkins had a nice uh, comeback game. So we'll see if they can keep it rolling against uh, Minnesota. Every week on X's and O's with head coach Mike Zimmer, voice of the Vikings Paul Allen, who hosts the show, also has a Vikings assistant coach on the program, and this week it was one of our favorites, Vikings defensive line coach Andre Patterson. Always gracious with his time, always providing insightful answers. This week was no exception. Speaking of Everson Griffin, uh, his position coach, Andre Patterson, is our guest to finalize X's and O's into the New York Giants game. Uh, how um, how did your defense play versus the Chicago Bears? Oh, we played pretty good. I mean, I, you know, they gave, we only gave up one touchdown, and usually when you give up one touchdown, you think your odds are pretty good to win the game. Uh, you know, but we went into the game saying that, you know, the best defense would win the game, and Obviously, they, they play a little bit better than we did, uh, but I thought our defense did a great job of keeping us in the game, and uh, hopefully we thought we, maybe we'd get a turnover and uh, put it in the end zone and give us a chance to win. But, you know, going back and watching the tape, you know, the, my group, the, the D-line played outstanding that day, and they were physical up front to stop the running game. And, you know, even though we, you know, we really had two sacks, D's got taken away, but we hit the quarterback a bunch. You know, Everson Griffin was on fire. Mm. He, he he dominated that tackle through the whole through the whole game. So, you know, it was it was a good fourth game for us, and we just got to keep building. So you, so you, I mean, you being one of the real uh, highly respected defensive line coaches in the NFL, you expect high level performance every single game. With what Everson did to Jake Matthews, and in that Falcons game. Through what you said, how he just handled Charles Leno Jr. and the Bears game, are are you are you saying that that Everson through four is giving you pretty much exactly what you want? Oh, way more. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think right now, you know, knock on wood, through four football games, Everson's playing better than he's ever had. You know, I mean, he's, 
you know, he played two Pro Bowl tackles back to back, week one and week two, yeah. and dominated them. You know, so um, right now he's playing great football. He's locked in. He's focused. Um, he's a he's a lot for an offensive tackle to handle, and uh, hopefully th- that continues. Okay, everyone, more Vikings final prep coming up after the break. But first, the Minnesota Vikings and Sleep Number have teamed up to recognize five community captains each year. The community captain is awarded to outstanding high school student-athletes around the state of Minnesota who demonstrate strong leadership on and off the field. Nominate today at vikings.com slash community captain. More Vikings final prep coming up after this. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's Vikings Final Prep. I'm your host, Wabi. More show coming up, but first, nominate your school now to be named the Minnesota Football Community of the Year. Presented by Innovative Office Solutions, the program will honor the winning community of the year with a town takeover and a check for $10,000. Nominate your community now at vikings.com slash community of the year. Now, a staple in our week of programming here at the Vikings Entertainment Network is Vikings Game Plan, which is hosted by Voice of the Vikings' Paul Allen. One of the segments on Vikings Game Plan is called Winning Formula, where yours truly and Vikings analyst Ron Johnson join PA on the set to break down three pertinent topics as it relates to the Minnesota Vikings and their opponent for the week. This week we talked about Daniel Jones, We talked about the Vikings offense, and we talked about ways the Vikings offense can get back on track. Former Vikings offensive coordinator Pat Shermer is head coach of the New York Giants. That coming up a little later, this first. His quarterback, Daniel Jones. Now, he'll be playing in his third game. He's a rookie from Duke, and he's very, very talented. How good do you think he is? Oh, he's really good. He makes the throws. The biggest thing, though, is he's helping the defense stay off the field. I think that's the only difference between him and Eli. He's prolonging drives. They are without Saquon Barkley. But other than that, he's a really good quarterback. David Cutcliffe was his coach at college, very close with the Manning family, Eli, Peyton, and Peyton and their father, Archie. He comes, he is the mold that the Giants are familiar with from their time with Eli, and it's the mold that they want going forward. They made the switch from Eli to Daniel Jones. We saw Pete Bursich break him down earlier in the show, and we heard Mike Zimmer talk glowingly about him earlier this week. This is exactly what the New York Giants want out of a quarterback in terms of his profile and how he plays the game. We're going to get a good look at it. Now, the Vikings fared very well against Eli Manning in his career. Hopefully, they do the same with Daniel Jones. Now, with the measurables, we saw that he's 6'5". I mean, he's big and he's yeah. fast. So, you know more about football than us, Ron. You played at a high-level Division One college football. When a quarterback is big and he's fast, and clearly he's talented, what challenges does that pose? Yeah, I mean, I remember playing against the Eagles and watching Donovan McNabb, you know, 6'3" big can move that's the key is that a guy that can move he can get outside the pocket but he's tall enough and strong enough to make the throws down the field with an arm so he has a big arm but he is mobile so you can't he's not a statue like Eli that's the biggest difference Eli you can guarantee seven to twelve yards he's gonna be back in the pocket Daniel Jones he's gonna move around and we know Pat Shermer likes his play action now for the second topic how do we get the offense back on track this is a tricky question because as as Wabi would say on or off TV or radio, you don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, okay? So let's recognize the Minnesota Vikings were averaging 26 points a game. Then they ran into Khalil Mack. They scored six, and that knocked it down to 21. 
So, Ron, we begin with you. Best route of attack to getting the offense back on track. Honestly, do what you do best. I mean, that's the Bears. They're going to be the best defense they're going to face this year. But I would like to see some simple passes, some hitches, some slants. A lot we saw in 2017 from Shermer. Get Adam Thielen, get Kirk Cousins going early, let them get comfortable, and then run the ball, and then go deep. You can't just start off with your first pass being a deep ball. If it's a trick play and he's wide open, yeah, yeah it's going to work. But if it doesn't look good to Kirk, he's not going to throw it. And I think that's the thing. You have to get him going so he feels comfortable throwing the ball. Love it. Wabi? I, I like that, too. I think that's a good idea, and the Vikings could, could employ that type of passing attack. That's what teams do to the Vikings to yeah. neutralize the pass rush and to get things going against our defense, which is very good. I think you have to be comfortable with who you are if you're the Vikings and you're the offensive coaches. Yeah, you're facing criticism because you're not hitting deep shots and being explosive, but I don't think you can just snap your finger and become a team like that. I think you have to work through it. So who are the Vikings? They are a team that's, that's backbone is its defense and they're a ball control offense with the leading rusher in the NFL going into last week's game against Chicago. Now yep. he's, I believe he's second now. I don't think you should stray from that. The Vikings Entertainment Network teams up with Fox 9 to produce a live television show on Thursday evenings. That show is called Vikings Live. It always features a Vikings player as the guest, and this week it was a new Viking. Punter Britton Colquitt sat down with Voice of the Vikings' Paul Allen, and the discussion was pretty good. What is life like as a punter? Oh, man. It's, uh, it's a good life. Um... <laughs> It's a great way to make a living. We have a lot of uh, interesting, you know, time on our hands, as you ex, you know, real football players yeah. know. Uh, you know, weight room jokes. Right. Finding different places in the building that no one's ever seen. Right. Um, well, that's why I ask because it's like everybody's there in the beginning. Right. Then the specialists leave. Offense and defense does its thing. Punter, kicker, long snapper, everybody comes back. Then you leave again. Yeah. Then they bang heads again. And then you come back again, and it's over. It's unbelievable. I know. It's uh, you gotta you gotta figure out how to make two or three hours go by a little <laughs> faster, because you're not you know in the yeah. action. So it's a fun life. Uh, I haven't quite grown up yet. Now uh, now Britain uh, won Super Bowl Fifty with the Denver Broncos. So with a Super Bowl victory, of course, comes a Super Bowl ring. What would compel you to wear your Super Bowl ring in public? I mean, you know, it's one of those things, it's, it's hot. On, you know, it's hot on the market when you get it. But uh, it's so crazy how fast you're just like, what am I going to wear this thing for? Yeah. I couldn't, you know, I wore it to a black tie event in, in Denver. And every time I'd put my hand in my pocket, it would get stuck uh -oh. going in. Yeah. You know, so, and then the whole time you're just giving it to people to wear. And, yeah. and so it's pretty much just sat in the safe. So, so it's not the way then. Matt Burke handles it. I mean, he wears his every day around... <laughs> Every day around the – so it's not like that, right? I think when I'm done playing, I'll probably be wearing that thing like this. You yeah. know, I'll just be walking around like this. <laughs> just but I everybody. can't wear that – I mean, I can't wear that right. to work. Uh, know, I'm you, working you, in a different place now. Yeah, you wear it during the game. It gives you a little during game cachet <laughs> as a punter. There you go. Now, now we do, outside of Super Bowl winners like Matt Burke and Britton Colquitt, we do have another common thread with Britton Colquitt and Ron Johnson because Britton's dad, Craig – played for the Pittsburgh Steelers with Ron's dad, Ron Sr., where they won a couple of Super Bowls. Britain's brother, Dustin, is the current punter for the Kansas City Chiefs. So your father, your brother, just everybody within your family, and you 10 years in the NFL. How do you guys get so good at punting? I mean, I, you know, our dad at a young age 
threw us in the backyard, and instead of throwing the ball like this, he taught us how to throw the ball off our foot. So, I mean, seriously, you punt pass. You know, when, when, right. even to this day when I warm up, I have one of the ball guys kind of be 20, 30 yards away, and I try okay. to pass to him. You know, because yeah. that's the contact off the foot, just like swinging a golf club. You're hitting yeah. the little shots first and all those things. So he showed us those, and then we just played soccer. Got you. And he kind of was just biding the time. And, okay. And when it was time, he, he, you know, he threw us out there. Well, well as it comes, uh, when it comes to throwing or maybe running, when's the last time you passed or ran by design with a fake punt? Um, so every Friday morning... I throw to one of the gunners. Mm -hmm. So if anybody's... Oh, you mean here? Yeah, here. Oh, like it could happen let's, this weekend? Let's go. Oh, yes. Right? <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, we throw it in there. You know, one of the... If the defensive guy comes down to yeah. rush, you know, you hit, wow. the, you hit the gunner. So right. it's ready. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's hey, in there. It'd be sweet if it happened this weekend, specifically if But it I've worked. never done it in a game or... Never? You know, no. Through uh, 10 years? Well, no, I haven't. No. Whoa. No. Well, last... All right, that's going to do it for tonight's episode of Vikings Final Prep. Remember, this time slot all throughout the week, every week during the regular season, you can catch Vikings programming. That includes Under Center with quarterback Kirk Cousins, hosted also by Mark Rosen. That includes X's and O's with head coach Mike Zimmer, hosted by Voice of the Vikings Paul Allen on Wednesdays. On Thursdays, it's Skull Stories, where yours truly and Mark Rosen sit down with a member of Vikings history to tell some good stories. And then, of course, Friday is Vikings Final Prep, which you're listening to right now. So we encourage you to check out all of that programming every single week during the regular season, the 6 or 6.30 time slot weekdays during the season. Vikings and Giants, it's going to happen on Sunday at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. We're excited for the game. You can catch it right here on FM 100.3, The Fan and the Vikings Radio Network. Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, will have the call from MetLife Stadium. Pete Bursich will be in the booth with him on the field and the sidelines. Former Vikings, Greg Coleman and Ben Lieber. The pregame show is hosted by Mike Musman. That begins at 10 o'clock a.m. on FM 100.3, The Fan and the Vikings Radio Network. Make sure you check all of that out. It's Vikings and it's Giants. The Vikings looking to get back on the winning track after a loss last week at Chicago. The Giants looking to stay on the winning track. They've won two straight. Pat Shermer's team is hot, and he's running into Mike Zimmer's team. Going to be an awesome game on Sunday. Enjoy the game, everyone. Skull Vikings.